The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, this is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. Uh, we are here to preview the Cowboys season. We're going to talk a little bit of Buccaneers, but really going to take a long, uh, longer approach look at this season. Uh, look at all the position groupings from the Cowboys and kind of give some grades out on where we think they'll be going into the year. And then we're going to cap it off with uh, some. Uh, uh, some some predictions for the season, uh, win-loss predictions at the end. Kind of give you guys a preview of what we think about this team starting the year, and then we'll probably try to go back at the end, you know, the end of the season, go back to this episode and see how ignorant we all are because um, we're all stupid. So. Before we get started with that, uh, how you fellas doing tonight? Doing all right. How are you all doing? I'm doing good. I know Dalton was was missing last week when we had Brent Urban on, so he missed a good one. So, uh, dude, I'm I'm really so mad about that. But like five year anniversary is kind of important. So <laughs> priorities. I missed it. Yeah, you'll figure it out when you get to your your five years, Connor. I'm sure. <laughs> the goal is to not get there. You know, really, really get the divorce settlement going here soon and um, start my professional bass fishing career. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. I have a, I have a, I have a short yeah. slash long-term plan in place. So I'm ready to work. Yeah. But, um, let's talk about the, the this grouping. Uh, we, we go, I want to go through each position group since the 53 is, you know, for, for all we can say set in stone. Um, you know, last week when we were going to mention some 53 stuff, it was still kind of up in the air. If some guys were going to come back or, you know, if they're going to pull some guys back from COVID, if they're going to pull some guys back, you know, put them on IR after the season started. So we didn't really mention it. We did the Urban in- interview and that was it. But now it's pretty much set going into the season. Um, so we're just going to go through position group uh, by position group. We're going to give a A through F grade. A obviously being, you know, exceptional, good, great. Um, you know, C kind of being average. And then obviously, you know, the grade scale works. But uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, and Will Greer, a new addition to this 53-man roster. 
Um, AKA, I think he looks a lot like Dalton. So Dalton's doppelganger. No, no, you no. Look little, you look like Will no. Greer a little bit. The only thing I will say about me and Will Greer, um, because Trill, Trill and I don't have a, a great relationship when it comes to how much I liked him coming out of West Virginia compared to everybody else. Um, he is, uh, he was married in college. Um, so, you know, maturity is, is definitely there as long as he's still married. I assume that he is. Um, <laughs> But no, he, he has a a relationship with Doug Nussmeyer. Um, and so that's you know kind of why he's in here. And it, it makes a ton of sense. He was really, really good in that Nussmeyer offense in Florida uh, when, when they were both there together. And, and he's somebody who definitely isn't afraid to uh, have those you know heavy socks, as John Kitna would say, <laughs> when it comes to slinging the ball down the field. He will, um, and, and I thought that his upside was kind of a Ryan Fitzpatrick type player. Um, and if he's able to get there eventually, then that's a massive win for the Dallas Cowboys. We haven't seen anything like that so far. Um, and, and he's somebody who it was always going to take time for, and it's going to continue to take some time for him to, to get there. But if he can come in and round out and be the eventual backup to Dak Prescott, that's a that's a big win. So what do you, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about. It's, it's so tough to talk about a grade for the, the quarterback. So because like it's, it comes down to the one. And if the right. one is healthy, yeah, it's an A. Sure. But right. if that mm-hmm. other one gets healthy, it's not. But when you look at, you know, and, the, and, 30, and look, I would say 30 out of 32 other teams in the league have a, a dog water backup too. Like they just don't exist. There's right, not 32 right. well, good NFL starters to begin with. Well, like let's, uh, we should have prefaced it by saying like we're assuming that this group, you know, like. If they're healthy on the injury report yeah, today, yeah, yeah. they're healthy. So, you know, it's, we're going to go into it like going into this year, this is how we feel about the position. Group. And, and like, yeah, and it's I don't know about you, but talk about the, it's just tough to talk about the group when the group is really just one right, play. And really, this is the yeah, only position that, that we're going to have. Right, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Like everything else, it'll be a, a little bit better, easier yep. to do it. But kind of like you said, like for me, like with Dak Prescott, I think he is a top. I think, like you said, if healthy, he's a top five quarterback in my mind. If you want to put him six, seven, right. I think he's top five quarterback. So, a you know, a a plus, whatever you want to call it. We have a borderline. Definitely, and he's definitely a top five quarterback. If you're not including the guy in Houston that's not playing, which you probably shouldn't be counting him because he's not playing football. Right. Correct. Correct. So yeah, I'm glad you said that too. So for me, it's an A. Um, You know, like you said, if Dak obviously gets hurt, that changes the group to an F and that's going to be the case for pretty much every team. So <laughs> Cole, what's uh what grade do you want to give the quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, I agree with y'all. Um, it all comes down to Dak Prescott. If he gets hurt, the season's pretty much done. I did think Will Greer has inspired some more confidence, um, at least from the fan base. And I would say for the team too, than a Cooper Rush or a Garrett Gilbert would, uh, you know, feeling this cause he has the uh, ability to push down, push the ball uh, be aggressive, things of that nature. He has a track record of being, you know, good. It was in college, but still, I mean, he has some stuff that excited some people. Um, but yeah, it all comes down to Dak Prescott. If he's healthy, I think it's an A. Um, and I agree with y'all. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL, assuming that uh, he's back to 100%. And Dalton, we didn't get a grade from you, but you kind of agreed with it's, me. It's, it's an A. Okay. All right. All right. All right, cool. All right, let's talk about the running backs now. Um, and this is kind of where it's going to get interesting. Obviously, you have Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and then Corey Clement, uh, a late addition to this 53 as well, which 
kind of like the depth there. He's a veteran in the league. He's a key special team, um, you know, guy. So, like, I think that goes into this grade a little bit as well. Cole, we'll start with you this time. Um, where are you at on grading out this running back room and give us some thoughts on some of the guys in there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid, well-rounded running back group, as you said, Clement. I had some special team ability, some value there. And he's had some moments. Uh, he had some moments at the Eagles as well that um, – pretty good to be your third running back, you know, um, Ezekiel Elliott, um, for all the, you know, uh, hate he gets from the fan base. He's still an above average running back. He may not be his 2016 self anymore. Um, but he's a guy that can impact the game as a rusher and as a receiver. I really like Tony Pollard. And I think we all agree that he does, uh, deserve some more touches, uh, in the offense, uh, at least some plays that are designed for him. Um, so I think, I think, taking everything into account, I I think it's a B plus. I think you can argue it's an A minus as well, just from the fact that there's three guys that um, have shown stuff on the field. Clement, like you said, has special team value. Tony Pollard is one of the better running back twos in the league, in my opinion. And Ezekiel Elliott is still a guy that most teams would like to have. Um, you might not want him carrying the ball 100% of the time or taking every single snap. But uh, I'm a big fan of the running back group um, from top to bottom. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Dalton. You you got a grade for this running back group and some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably give this running back group a B plus. Um, and I, I would honestly, I would probably give it an A from a pure talent standpoint. I just don't think that they necessarily use the talent to the best of its ability. Uh, um, so for me, I, I really like the tandem of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard because I think that they give you two different things from running backs. And I think that they could use Tony Pollard in a, a higher volume way and they could use both of them in a more efficient way because I, I know that the, the Dallas Cowboys have always kind of liked to do their, um, you know, full drives in and full drives out for these running backs, but just play the guys for when they're fresh, let them tap their helmet. If they're a little bit tired, let them come out of the game and let that other guy come in who is just as talented, might be more talented in, in any given, you know, different type of play. If you're talking about, you know, getting the ball on the outside and get it in space, you would rather have Tony Pollard doing that. So when you, you know, rotate these guys in and out outside of the, the natural scripting of the offense, that's what you should be doing. And I, I think at the end of the year, it should be about a 250 to 150 carry split between the two team or the two players. I don't think that it necessarily will be, but I think that's the way that it should be because I think that's how you get the most efficient Zeke and the most efficient Tony Pollard. Yep. I agree with both of you guys. I'd probably give it a B plus. Um, and I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time because can't really agree more or say more than what you guys said. Um, definitely agree with the, you know, the not liking the way they split them up, but think the way that Dalton, you kind of explained it as far as like the end of the year, if it's 250 to 150, like that 60, 40, or however you want to mesh it out split would be beneficial for both guys. Um, all right, so let's move on to these receivers. Uh, we got obviously Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, who's currently on the COVID list. And then Simi Fajoko, who did make the 53, and I know there was a lot of discussion about him probably not making it, kind of being on that bridge uh, on the fence if he'd make it or not. So he did stick. So they did carry six receivers. Um, and for me, I'm going to give that position group an A as well. I think Amari Cooper is extremely underrated. Uh, at times, maybe he can be a little frustrating by the, you know from the fan base because he doesn't have that Des Bryant like dog mentality in him. 
you know, he, he seems a little passive at times. He might not gut out the injuries as much as fans want him to. But like at the end of the day, Amari Cooper is a top 10 receiver borderline, you know, right at that point. Whether you want to put him a little bit lower, a little bit higher, that's up to you. I'm not going to kill you for it, but he's a borderline top 10 receiver in the league. Great route runner. He does. He works with the Dak Prescott tremendous, tremendously well with his ability to create separations at the top of his routes. He can run a full route tree. He can play inside out. He kind of does all those things. And then obviously we think CeeDee Lamb's like right on the borderline of being a superstar top 10 receiver, top 15 receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, that list is a little bit harder, you know, easier to, you know, easier said than done to crack. But we think that he's got the talent, the ability to do it. Michael Gallup is as solid as it gets as a wide receiver, too, in the league. Um, his big play ability has, you know, been been really impressive over his tenure in the league. And then obviously I'm a big Cedric Wilson fan. I think he's a really great uh, wide receiver force. Noah Brown brings a lot to the table. Is that wide receiver four and wide receiver five? And Simi Fajoko is a young rookie, you know, developmental style receiver that can hopefully develop into a quality, you know, top four receiver in his next year or two in the league. So I love the top three and I like the depth guys behind them. Um, you know, there's the team you're playing week one is probably one of the only other teams that have a three receivers that are as good as the three you have with Mike Evans, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. There's a few teams who have really good twos, but I don't think anyone pairs up with your top three depth and I don't think anyone pairs up with your six depth when you look at the talent ability and different roles those guys can play so for me it's an A for the receiving group and Dalton I'll turn it over to you now I mean I'm gonna give it an A plus I think that it's the second best receiving group in the NFL and I think that the top three um, when you just look at that, are the best. I think that Tampa Bay, you can make an argument with their fourth and fifth wide receivers being Tyler Johnson and um, Scotty Miller. I, I think you can say that they're probably uh, more accomplished, at least, uh, than Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown are. But I, I do really like this group overall. I think that you know each guy kind of gives you something different. You have the route runner in Amari Cooper. Um, you have CeeDee Lamb, who works incredibly well in the slot. Michael Gallup, who is your downfield threat. Said, said Wilson is kind of the X factor of this offense when it comes to the wide receivers because he can play all three positions. Noah Brown and Simi are kind of both of your bigger dudes, um, but they're both different players from that bigger dude perspective as well. And I don't expect Simi to get much play, if any play, in the regular season on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to have to make his name in special teams to start because he's got a long way to go. Um, but He could, he could to, get some snaps this week, honestly, with Noah Brown not yeah. playing. I mean, yeah. it's not going to be a lot. Don't but get he me probably, wrong. But. Yeah, but he, he probably <laughs> won't play much right. if he does it all. I think it'll be mostly those top four guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, an outstanding group overall. And I think by the end of it, you're going to be looking at C.D. Lamb as, you know, a, a potential top 10 wide receiver in the NFL after this season. You think, real quick, before you think that's why they haven't touched Amari's deal yet? Because a lot of people yes. think it's because of Michael Gallup. They think it's because, like, oh, Michael Gallup will just take over. But I think it's because they're like, if C.D. Lamb develops into war. First of all, can we talk about can we talk about Michael Gallup saving five million dollars or or roundabout there on Michael Gallup and getting rid of Amari Cooper? I think Amari Cooper is more than five million dollars right, better right. than Michael Gallup. And, yeah. and am, I, am I crazy Absolutely. there, guys? Because no, I, I think that Amari yeah, Cooper. Uh, I'm with a, you. I think he gets a little bit disrespected because I think when he is healthy, I mean, we just saw a 1,200-yard year last year with four different quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I think 
I think that they're waiting on like the CD Lamb transcendent to be like, okay, CD Lamb's like DeAndre Hopkins. So now we can move on from Amari Cooper. You know, I just don't get it because he's not that expensive and you still have three right. more years of cheap CD Lamb. Well, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't want to move on from Mark Cooper either. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking no. that's their I think, thought but process. I think, think, I think they are too, and I think that's right. a bad decision. But we've right. seen this team make well, I, poor, poor I roster. I just wanted to clarify that because I don't think that a lot of people think they're not touching Amari's deal because of Michael Gallup. Like they're no. like, I think it's a we think Ceedee Lamb team. could turn into DeAndre Hopkins. Then we could resign He's Michael. Be the alpha. Uh, right. Jerry's, right. Yeah. Jerry's Jerry's got Michael Irvin. Right. He's got triplets in his head. And right. the triplet is with mm-hmm. CD, not Amari. Right. Which yeah. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but <laughs> But Cole, uh, you got anything you want to round out on this receiver group and give your grade? I mean y'all pretty much covered it. There's not a whole lot to else to say about the wide receivers. We all agree that um if this is not the best wide receiver trio, it's at worst the second best. Um like you, I think we all think CeeDee Lamb's going to take that next step, um, especially Dak Prescott playing the full season, we expect. Uh, I think Lamb's going to turn into that alpha. Mark Cooper's, uh, I think he's a top 10 receiver. At worst case, he's borderline top 10. He's an elite route runner. Michael Gallup is as good of a third receiver uh, option as you can get in the NFL. Uh, and then, yeah, you have Cedric Wilson, who I really like. Noah Brown's been a guy that's been around for a while. Um, that adds some value as a blocker, as a receiver. He plays some special teams. Um, Simi is a guy that they liked as well. Um, I think it'd be very hard-pressed to find a better wide receiver core from top to bottom. Obviously, Tampa is probably uh, more top-heavy. They got some options as well. Um, that they, well, I'm Jalen Darden, they drafted him. Scotty Miller, they got some guys. But Dallas is right up there. I'd give that an A+. And I think it's... I think receiver, along with Dak, I think receiver is the reason why there's so much optimism surrounding uh, the offense and as a result of the team as a whole. For sure, for sure. All right, let's talk about this offensive line. We'll do the offensive line as a whole. We're not going to do guard, center, tackle. We'll just do the offensive line as a whole. Obviously, um, you know, this week could be a little different, but Zach Martin, Lyle Collins um, are your guys on the right side, Tyler Biotis, your starting center, Connor Williams and Tyron Smith on the left side with Ty Nasecki, Connor McGovern, Matt Farniok, um, and Brandon Knight also uh, in the pick in the play and Terrence Steele. Uh, Brandon Knight and Zach Martin are currently on COVID-19 protocol list, so they could maybe not be available Thursday. They keep kind of dangling it out there that Zach Martin is, is – Somewhat hopeful, but I don't see it happening. But um, again, there's there Matt Farniak. He's a rookie this year. That I'm not sure a lot of people thought he'd make the 53, but they did hang on to him because of how weak the center depth was throughout the preseason and offseason. So uh, Dalton, we'll start it off with you this time. Let's go through this offensive line and uh, touch on a few guys you want to talk about, and then give a grade. It's really tough to dislike anything on this offense. Honestly, um, yeah. I, I think that I think that it's a B plus. Um, and the only reason why it's a B plus and not an A is because of of injury. I know that we're doing this based off of, of the health right now. And Zach Martin's not really here, but he's kind of here, but he's not really here. Um, this is a damn good offensive line from from left to right. Connor Williams is way better than Dallas Cowboys fans want to give him credit for just because he was the worst offensive lineman on 
a, a Cowboys offensive line that was really, really good when Travis Frederick was still around. And that has hung on. His his performance as a rookie and as a second-year guy has kind of held on. He's been a better player since then at left guard. Um, I, I think that Tyler has a, a lot to prove at center. I think that he could have a breakout year. If he can get back anywhere close to what he was as a junior at Wisconsin, that would be outstanding um, because he was truly dominant there. And then when it comes to the the, the depth is something that I, I think a lot of people uh, want to give the Cowboys crap for. But last year, they had good depth last year. They just had to use all of that depth at the same time. And when you have to use backups at like three out of the five offensive line positions, things are not going to go well. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what we saw from this this Cowboys offensive line. Things didn't go well when you were losing both of your offensive tackles, when you were you know, without Zach Martin, when you were without um, your, your starting center for times as well. So I think that this is one of the better offensive lines in the league when healthy. And uh, uh, for that reason, uh, I'll give it a B plus. Where, where are you at with it, Cole? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, I don't think it's the best offensive line anymore as it was early no. in Dak and Zeke's career. But, I mean, you still have three guys that any team in the NFL would want with uh, Tyron, with Lael, and with uh, Zach Martin. Uh, I'm with you. I think the biggest question mark is the injuries and just the health in general. Um, we expect Zach Martin to be back pretty soon, um, as early as next week, I guess, is the expectation. Um but it looks like it looks like Tyron's in the best shape of uh, his career. I know a lot of people say that, and kind of gets annoying when people do say that. But I mean, he's without the neck pad, which I think is a really big. underrated sign. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people have overlooked from training camp and fall camp and preseason is him getting away from that. You know, I mean, it may not mean he's 100%, but he's obviously feeling really well to uh, get that off. Um, but now, of course, on the other side, you have Leo Collins dealing you know, some injuries, so it seems like. You know, over the last couple of years, we can't get everybody healthy at the same time. I think that's the only reason why he signed A, A plus. Um, talent wise, they probably are an A, but yeah, I'm with you. B plus is, pro- is probably where I'm going to have them. Uh, I'm interested in the guard situation and the center situation with the dude Connor Williams, uh, with uh, McGovern, with everybody there in the interior. I think that's a bigger question mark, um, obviously, aside from Zach Martin. But yeah, I mean, I think it's as good as an offensive line as you can really expect nowadays. Um, you're not going to have five elite talents all across the offensive line, but I think it's, I think it's about up there with the rest of the NFL, um, especially especially if Leo Collins does re, uh, regain full health uh, sooner rather than later. And that's my my big issue, and what really scares me about mm-hmm. this year is, yeah. is Lyle more even more than Tyron at this point. Because we haven't seen a healthy Lyle Collins since 2019 now. Yeah. Yeah. Seen so played all last year. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, we just quickly got your thoughts on, on the offensive line, Connor. What, what grade would you give them? I would give them a B plus. And the only reason it's – actually, I'll do, I'll do a B straight out. And the only reason it's not more than that is – like what you guys were just talking about, like I am a little bit concerned about Lyle's health. I feel like Tyron's, you know, good to miss three to four games a year. You know, hopefully that's the most. We we don't know what Tyler, you know, it seemed like the team was really concerned about Tyler Biotish coming in this year, but I thought he played relatively well as a rookie last year. Um, and then obviously, you know, just the overall depth isn't terrible, but 
you know, if you have to get a situation where you got to play Terrence Steele or Brandon Knight, you saw how that could could go south rather quickly. But I mean, I like the yeah. five starters quite a bit. I think that Connor McGovern's quality depth. I think Ty Nasecki's decent depth. Uh, he's shown to be a pretty good depth piece, you know, throughout his career. Even though maybe the off season wasn't great for him, he's played a lot. Um, he's done well when he's been on the field for the multiple teams he's played for, and then. Um, you know, like I said, McGovern's good depth. Knight and Steele have experience. So I say a B is probably fair. And the only reason it's not a little bit more than that is just because a little bit of the injury concern and depth concern. But all right, let's. Um... Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Y'all already gave grades and everything, right? Yes, we did. I had yeah, to we were kind of all in the same ballpark. Yeah, cool. Yes, we right. were. Let's uh, let's do the let's do the edge rusher separate from the defensive tackles, just because I want to have a separate conversation about the defense tackle and the. I think we need class. to. Yeah. yeah. So, for the edges, we got Demarcus Lawrence, Terrell Basham, Bradley and I, Randy Gregory, Dorrance Armstrong, and Chauncey Golston. Um, I guess, you know, you can maybe put in a separate group, Michael Parsons and Azur Kamara as those edge rushers. Um, I I would, I would put Kamara in there. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe ha- like I said, Kamara definitely probably needs to be in the edge class. And I guess you can kind of hyphen Michael Parsons and, you know, talk I mean, about he's him. He's definitely going to be, yeah, he's right, definitely right. going to be a part of the pass rush. So, right. So, so for me, um, actually Cole, start this one out. This is a defensive line. Just the, yeah, the edge rushers. Yeah, uh, rushers. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there, but I think a lot of it is just potential. I'm kind of curious to see how often they do use uh, Michael Parsons off off the edge. Um, if he if they unleash him, I think he could be really really good. I think he would be in the race for the defensive rookie of the year honors, which in which in turn would it would improve the Dallas Cowboys defense as a whole. Um, so I assume you're not, we're not talking about DeMarcus Lawrence. Is that right? What do you mean? Just, uh, are we just talking about Parsons and uh, Kamara? I uh, I didn't hear what you said at the beginning. No, no, yeah, we're just talking about the edge rushers as a as a whole. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so but Lawrence, Basham, um, Anai, Gregory, or Armstrong, okay, Golson, okay. and then. Kamara, and then we were just talking about Parsons kind of being at the bottom of that list because he probably will rush off the edge. Oh, so. Okay, okay. I heard you say Parsons and Kamara, but I didn't hear the um, other part. My bad. Um, 
I think it's definitely going to be improved from last year. Um, I think the defense as a whole is, so that's not really saying a lot. Um, I do like the pick up Basham. I think he's one of the more underrated additions of the offseason. Um, you obviously have Demarcus Lawrence. I'm really excited to see Randy Gregory um, get on the field, see if he can play the full season at, to, at the expectation level that many surrounding the Cowboys have. Um, I think he has everything you want in, in a pass rusher as far as skills go. Um, and I think this is a year that he can really uh, reach that potential and just help the de- defense as a, as a whole. If you ask for a grade, I'd probably go with a B um, with the potential to raise a little bit bigger with Parsons um, just because if Parsons, like I said, is totally unleashed, I think it, he does take that defense to another level. But as a whole, I'd give it a B grade. Dalton, and uh, let's hear some of your thoughts on the grade for this edge class group. I, I'm going to give this edge group a C. I like the upside that this yeah. edge group could bring with Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons specifically. Um, I think that getting a lot more speed on the outside was important. They have Randy Gregory who can bend like crazy as well. And Micah Parsons obviously is the fastest guy on the defense. (laughs) So I'm very excited about that part of it. Outside of that, I I don't mind the depth in Terrell Basham and Dorrance Armstrong. And if you want to throw Bradley and I in there and and Chauncey Golston will will get some reps too. Uh, But the only one that I really like from a pass rushing standpoint out of that group is Bradley and I. Um, I think that Basham and Armstrong definitely give you a lot when it comes to playing against the run. And then Golston is that kind of guy who can play inside and outside and is going to be good against the run as well. I mean, Basham can do that as well. And and Armstrong is just kind of a good edge for. But there's not a a ton of guys that you can like throw in situationally on, on third down and be like, this guy can go out and get a sack because I just don't believe that they have that. Um, and, and you're going to have to bring your defensive ends in and out of the game to keep them fresh. You just you have to be able to rotate those guys. And, and although I like the depth for it, I, I don't like the depth for taking guys out on third down and being able to rush the passer. So it's a C for me. Yeah, for me, it'll be a C minus. And for a lot of the same reasons you said, um, it's just like. The bad thing is, is we're going to talk about this in a second, but when you feel like you don't have pass rush from your interior and then you feel like your depth pass rush from your edge isn't very good, it's just tough to imagine this team getting a whole lot of pressure this year um, unless it's coming from blitzes or from the linebackers or whatever that is. But, you know, I want to talk about the defense alignment in a second and how I feel like we don't have a pass rushing defensive tackle right now until Gallimore gets back. I'll get to that in a little bit. But when you pair that with, like you said, like outside of Lawrence and Gregory, Bradley and I might be your sec, you know, your third best pass rusher from this group. That doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that this group's going to be all that good from that standpoint. Now they might be better against the run, which then can make, you know, make you a little bit better against the pass. Cause you're not as worried about the run, but um, yeah, I think it's a C minus. And, and I mean, again, the top two guys I'm fine with Demarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory are, are, you know, a really good, you know, top two to have for me. I'm just, you know, those guys deal with some injuries. They deal with some stuff like that. So I feel like it's, it's tough to imagine them playing, you know, a high percentage of snaps, not missing a couple games throughout the year. And, and I just don't see where they have the depth there to like, feel good about that right now. Um, so for me, it's a C minus. I don't love the depth as a, you know, complete room. And I don't, you know, 
outside of Lawrence and Gregory, I'm not in love with any of those other guys. I think Basham's a, a you know average role player, and Anai could be an average role player, and Dorrance is an average role player. But just you need three or four solid contributors on your edge in, in today's you know NFL to really provide consistent pass rush throughout a game and throughout a season. And I don't think they have that. So, um, so the defense tackles, I want to start there if you guys don't mind. But for me, um, this group is a D plus for me. And honestly, I'm not excited about this group at all. I think Osa has shown a lot this offseason. Um, I think he can be a good player at times, but he is a rookie defensive tackle. They go through a big learning curve every year. The best ones do. I mean, Quentin Williams was one of the best defensive tackles I'd evaluated out of Alabama. He came to the league and was talking about getting traded after his first year. You know, it's just they have whatever it is because you wouldn't think it would be, uh, you know, you wouldn't think it'd be like corner or something like that. Or it's just you have to learn so many different nuances and all that. But it's just a tough position to come into as a rookie and perform at a high level at. And right now he's your starting three technique and Carlos Watkins is your starting one technique. And that is disgusting to me. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I love Brent Urban. I think he's going to be more of a, I don't know if we're going to call him a starter at all this season, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to kind of fill in at every spot you need him to. He'll he'll be your Tyrone Crawford of the defense. He'll play some left end. He'll play some three technique. He'll play some nose. He'll move all around. He'll get a lot of playing time, but I don't know if he'll ever be a guy who just starts the game and plays 90% of the snaps for you. And then for me, uh, Quentin Bohana, I think he's kind of like your semi Fahoko for your receivers. He's needs a lot of development. Um, he's a guy you might be able to put in on the goal line packages and maybe just eat up space, but he's not a guy that really holds his blocks right now. He's not a guy that plays with great pad level. Um, honestly, he impressed me more with his pass rush this offseason than he did his run defense. And obviously, when you're 340 pounds nose tackle, like you would expect you to be a little bit better against a run than you are as a pass rusher. But I am not a fan of this defensive tackle group at all. I think, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I almost liked the defensive tackle group last year more than this group, and that's ugly because it was Antoine Woods and Neville Gallimore and Tyron Crawford and that group. Yeah, so. I saw that. I saw that Twitter exchange. Uh, was it yesterday? And uh, I disagree with you. I think this year's oh, better. The one, to, the one today about the defense. Was that tackles. today? Yeah. Was that today? Okay, I couldn't remember. My days run together at this point. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of disagree with you there, but I mean, we're, we're talking the difference between, you know, a, a solid F last year right. and what the defensive tackles were to, to, you know, like this year, I'll, I'll give them a, a, a D minus. Right. You know, no and, and I guess, I guess it, for me, it's like people are kind of pumping up Carlos Watkins. Is like, people want to pump up everybody right. because people want hope before the right. season starts. Right. And, and, and when I looked through, I looked at the depth charts for literally all 32 freaking NFL teams to write up a piece for PFN about the, the five position groups that need to be, I didn't do it for all 32 teams. I did it for all the uh, teams that you expect to be competing this year for the playoffs. The Cowboys defensive tackles were one of the five position groups in the NFL that need help if yeah. they're going to contend in the NFL playoffs. Like that, that's just the, the the way that it is. They're one of the the worst five position groups in the NFL. Um, like I, I mean, tr- truthfully, let me. Like, the, I, I want to get both of your guys' t- opinions on this. I'm not trying to be that fan that or the fan of the team that just wants them to sign every free agent, but like. Why wouldn't you bring in Geno Atkins or Kawan Short or PJ or one of those guys who have some sort of 
you know, they have some sort there, of experience. There has to be there has to be something medically with them that they don't like, or it was a little bit too money much money that they didn't like. I mean, there, there's always got to be something mm-hmm. when it comes to that because I mean, and listen, I don't hate the group because I do think that they have names they can run and defend a little bit. I think that they will be better than they were last year, and I think that having four linebackers, three linebackers that you actually think can play right. a little bit of football this year is going to help as well. Um, but there's nothing that you look at in that group and say, yeah, I like that player. You know what I mean? Like, I truly never thought I'd get to the point where I was like, man, I really wish Antoine Woods was still on this team. (laughs) Well, and and I thought that they could have kept Antoine Woods around and he would have been still one of the best players on the defensive line, which is an issue. Um, but that's the thing, man. Like you can't attack every single position in the offseason. You can't. You have you a can. limited amount of resources. Um, but they've continually ignored this position and safety forever. They finally, at least, threw mm-hmm. names at safety. They threw names at safety uh, with, with yeah. signing Hooker and, and Kazee. They threw names at the position. Right. Cheap. But and, and I think that's what you're saying, Connor. Why couldn't they do the same thing there with defense right. tackle? Exactly. And, I, and I agree. With exactly. You. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, like. I'm I'm just using those names as an example, but there's plenty of defensive tackles out there right now who you know might not be starters for you, but like they're better than Quentin Bohana, or they're better than they could be better than Carlos Watkins, mm-hmm. who's currently a starter for you. So that's why I'm like, dude, this is ugly. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a D minus. Um, so let me get you guys' grades and and any takes you want to put on the defense tackle group, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I'm just gonna give it a D. Uh, <laughs> I already said my piece. Yeah, I mean, y'all pretty much covered it. It's I'd give it a D minus as well. Um, I get. I mean, it's pretty close to an F though. I mean, like you said, it's one of the worst position groups in the NFL. Um, you don't really have many many guys in that at that position. You can hang your hat on and expect a lot. Uh, so I mean, especially Gallimore coming off an injury, everything like that. So. I think it's D minus D at the absolute high end. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a big concern for me. And and, and honestly, if Gallimore well. was healthy, I'd probably give it a C minus. Cause I feel like he's like, from what I saw this off season from him, I feel like he's like on the Trayvon Diggs ascension right now with like, I feel like he's ready to make that second year jump. So I need to see it. Right. I mean, I, I'd want to see it in a game, but like from what we like, I mean, again, like yeah. people, I had people on my Twitter mentions today calling Trayvon Diggs a budding superstar. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, that's, you know, like, like I said with you, I was like, <laughs> I need to see that in a game. Like we don't even see it in camp or preseason. Yeah. Like he still gives up plays in, in those, you know, mm-hmm. settings. So like for me, I just saw Gallimore, yeah. you know, have a good camp. He showed up in preseason the game or two that he played before he got hurt. And I thought he would have, you know, a, you know, kind of that breakout, sophomore season and make me feel pretty good about the the group but obviously that fell apart real quick (laughs) yeah no kidding all right so let's talk about these linebackers um i kind of hate it because it's probably the least position least important position on the defense but i also do love that we're finally kind of excited about some guys on this defense um you know we got michael parsons we got jalen smith leighton vanderesh keanu neal Jabril Cox and Luke Gifford. Um, I mean, 
I'm not going to sit here and say that Michael Parsons is the best defensive player on this team yet, but I feel like... I don't think it'll take long. I don't think it's going to take long because of, one, it's not a very good group, and then, two, he looks insane right now. So, for me, um, Cole, I'll let you start with the linebackers, and we'll cycle through. But for me, I mean, you're, you're, I feel like you're, this, this grade that we're all going to give is in thanks to Michael Parsons. Yeah, um, if they entered the if they entered the season with just adding Keanu Neal and not doing anything through the draft or anything like that, and you're still running it back with Jalen Smith and like Vander Esch being your top two guys, um, there be it would be hard to get excited about anything like that. So I think Michael Parsons, he has been a huge bright spot. He's been even better than I was expecting um, right at the bat. Um, I know preseason is a lot different than the regular season, obviously, but Man, he's playing 100 miles per hour. He's uh, shown some signs in the, as being, uh, you know, at least decent in pass coverage. Um, the play he made against Houston where he got off a block and then tracked down Tyrod Taylor was really impressive. Um, and then um, Drew Cox, he's had his moments as well in the preseason. Um, Keanu Neal, I think, is going to be a welcome addition uh, thanks to his experience in coverage, experience being a safety. I think that'll be a great addition to the linebacker room. And more importantly, just adding those three guys allows the staff to, um, you know, split up the snaps more and not give as many snaps to Jalen Smith, to Lander, Leighton Van Der Esch, um, who struggled with injury, who struggled just on the field altogether lately. Uh, I think it's without a doubt the strength of the defense going into the year. Uh, I think we all will all agree on that. Um, I, as far as the gray goes, as, like you said, it's all dependent on Michael Parsons, really. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus, only because of the depth. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of that is because of my confidence in Michael Parsons and him being the alpha dog in that room. If it Turns out they still want to give a lot of snaps primarily to Jalen Smith and Lane Vanderish. Maybe that changes. Uh, but if Michael Parsons can the book with that snaps, uh, I, I think it can be a really good unit. Dalton? Uh, I think it's the best unit on the defense. Um, that doesn't really say a whole lot like, like we've been saying already here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think that this is. Uh, until I see it in IRL, until I see it IRL in a real game, um, I'm going to give this a, a, a C plus. All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus. I, I, I listen, I love what I've seen from Micah Parsons so far. I liked him coming out. I had a first round grade on him. I know a lot of people didn't because they, there was so much projection Right. In Mike Parsons' game, he ended up running a 4-3-6. He moves like he's a, a corner. He's unbelievable on the field. Um, and I was not expecting anything near this um, coming off of not playing in 2020. He seems like one of the guys where it didn't matter that he didn't play in 2020. It looks like Penny Sewell is having some issues. It looks like Jamar Chase is having some issues early on um, in their NFL careers after you know opting out of 2020. But man, Michael Parsons just looks absolutely unreal, um, and I think that he's, uh, I think he's going to have a big year for the Cowboys. I, I really do. So you know, for me, it's a it's a C plus after him, and there's just so much unknown because Keanu Neal, as much as I like him, we haven't seen him as an actual NFL linebacker from a down to down perspective yet. 
I like what I saw from him in the preseason. I like what I saw um, from LVE in the preseason as well. I think that's a really solid top three linebackers. And honestly, if Jalen Smith is your fourth, fourth linebacker, you're not doing too bad. Right. Because um, as much as we dislike Jalen Smith, like as a, a linebacker four, he's still really good as a yeah. linebacker four. And then you have Jabril Cox as well behind him, um, which just makes everything so much sweeter because you can use him in sub packages as a coverage guy as well. Um, there's just so much, there's so much, um, I'm trying to think of the, the word for it. Um, not uniqueness, but there, there's so many interchangeable parts at linebacker. Like you can use these guys in so many different ty- types of situations. And I think if they use them situationally, they can have, maybe one of the better units in the NFL from, from top to bottom. You won't have some of the high-end play outside of Micah Parsons um, that you do on some yeah. other teams. But I, I think from a, a five-deep perspective, I think you're looking at one of mm-hmm. the better units in the NFL if you use them correctly. Yes, yeah, that's, that's how I was grading it. Just adapt in the group as a whole. Yeah. 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 I just it, And that's the thing. It's, it's a C-plus. And it's got the potential to, to be like a B plus or even an A minus. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, and, and then on top of the on top of that, the defensive line not being outstanding definitely yeah, doesn't help true. their case either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um. I give it a B minus, and, and like I said, it's just because we haven't seen it enough really yet. You know, on paper, it probably looks a little bit better than that if you kind of have that projection in mind with them. But, mm-hmm. um, I think you know before we see them and just you never know. I mean. I've, I I was super low on LV when he got drafted. You know, he had his really good year, and I've kind of been high on LV coming into each season ever since then. I've been let down by him a ton. So I'm kind of pumping the brakes on my LV optimism, even though, like you said, he did look good this preseason. He looked good this offseason. So I'm really excited about Michael Parsons. I'm really excited about uh, Keanu Neal. I think, you know, he could be – and it like Brent Urban talked about that a lot last week with us, like – the way they brought in their defense, it's like, let's bring in the big, you know, defense alignment that can eat up some space, eat up blocks, and just let these super fast linebackers flow to the football. You know, and then we also got some of these guys who can rush the passer, like Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and Bradley and I and those type of dudes as well. So I think like you said, kind of the construction of this roster can be exciting if they use it the right way. And that's something that Urban talked about a lot last week as well. So it was good to hear yep. that. But, I mean, I, I think I think Cox could play a big role too. I mean, I, I know, you know, the preseason, he, yeah. he, he did exactly what I envisioned him doing this preseason. Like, he gave up a few catches, but every catch he gave up, he was right there to make the tackle, or it was just an incredible catch. Like, he is going to be really good in coverage. He impressed me more than I thought he would as a run defender, and if he can keep developing in that area, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, and we've seen it with other guys like Jabril Cox, who you know we perceive as struggling against the run at the college right. level. There's different ways to defend the run and, and read you, you have different keys and, and different teams use different keys as linebackers. So let, there's so much that goes into the, the potential of somebody against the run. And we saw it with Fred Warner, somebody who wasn't great um, right. defending the run in college and is now the best linebacker in the NFL. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the corners. Um, who did, Cole, did you start that time or Dalton? Yes, he did. Cole started Dalton, last time. Go ahead and go on these corners. 
I, I don't know how you can give it anything <laughs> other than I mean, for, for me personally, I don't know how you can give it anything other than a D. And, and I'm saying that as somebody who mm. I actually am excited about the depth that they have at corner. I think that they have names mm. that can come in and if there's injuries, they can survive on the outside. There's just no great play from the corners yeah. right now. Um, Trayvon Diggs, I, I was always lower on him than many were. And I, I, I like Trayvon Diggs. It, it's just you want him covering like the big, more physical receivers. If he has to move laterally, it, it, he's just not it, – it's not going to go well because he is not that player. Um, but I will say I think that he's great for this scheme. And, and I think that if they would have been able to get Patrick Sertan – at number nine, and and I know that you know we're happy because we got Michael Parsons, and Michael Parsons is going to be a really good football player. But to get that number one corner would have been huge in this yep. cover three defense. So I I, I do mm-hmm. it does suck that we, we missed out on Patrick Sertan, who looks like he's going to be a stud as well. Um, but yeah, man, it's just I, I Anthony Brown <laughs> Jordan at, Lewis. on the outside. Uh, Jordan Lewis playing uh, a Look, ball can, can, I mean, I think Canada should be starting I do first too. of all. I don't think he will uh, though. No, no, I don't. I don't think that he will either. And then you look at the rest of the group, and you have C.J. Goodwin, um, Nashawn Wright, who you guys know I don't love, and I know that the the, the Cowboys fans are going to get upset with me about that. But I I don't think there's man <laughs> situations where I'm going to love him at all, just because six four corners don't work like that. You just it's such a reactionary position. You want those smaller guys. And then, like I said, in this cover three scheme, you can survive like that. But he's never going to be an outstanding corner just because he anatomically cannot do it. Um, And then at the other cornerback spot, you got boss man. And I'm sorry, I'm just not excited about him right now. I, just, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a red shirt year for him. And it's not like he was getting killed in the preseason, but people were catching passes on him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, he man, I got killed. He didn't have a Deontay Burton game in the preseason, <laughs> but when you're giving, I mean, he gave up, he gave up some big plays against fourth and fifth wide receivers that I was like, dog, come on. But I mean, I got to give the group an F straight up. Uh, I this was really where. <laughs> Ooh, see, I like, I like the, I like this group better than I like the defensive tackles because of the depth. Well, hold on. Well, let me you let me explain. Well, no, 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 I really. I really don't. So here, here we go. This is why I give this group enough because, like, like, this is the one group where you can have one really good player, but if your other two or three are booty cheeks, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I feel like Trayvon Diggs is a solid corner, but he's not going to lock down one side of the field. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He's not ever going to be that. So he's still. More than likely, we've talked about this before, but he's still more than likely more of a CB two than a CB one. You're happy. You're happy if he becomes the 25th best corner in the NFL. Right. Exactly. So that's your that's Mm. your absolute stud corner on one side, and then what you have on the (laughs) other side is gross. What you have in the slot is gross. And anytime you play an offense with more than with a good quarterback and more than one receiver, they are going. Oh, like on Thursday. Yeah, they're going to pick your defense apart. And maybe Maurice Canada can help with that a little bit if he turns, you know, gets opportunities and gets on the field and cuz Jordan Lewis looks like he's regressed 
a lot, in my opinion. I thought he was bad this preseason. I thought he was bad in the training camp. Anthony Brown looked rough in training camp, looked rough in preseason. So I just, I think the, the like, I like Trayvon Diggs more than I like, I guess, Carlos Watkins or Oso when you look at, like, that one starter for the defensive tackles over the corners. But I honestly, I think, I think the Carlos Watkins, Osas, Brent Urbans, Quentin Bohan, like those guys depth-wise on the defensive tackle group are better than Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Nashawn Wright, C.J. Goodwin. I guess Maurice Kennedy if you throw him in there. And only because I think, you know, and maybe it's like recency bias for me, but like, like Tom Brady, Justin Herbert with those offenses and receiving weapons back to back has me petrified. All right. Yeah. I'll, that- I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's probably more. And it's also a position thing for me. Like cornerbacks are so important. And in today's NFL, like the importance of having good yeah. corners are so important. And I feel like. They tried to invest in it this year by bringing in Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright again. They could have went elsewhere with the Nation Wright pick and probably could have helped this secondary more, but we're not going to beat a dead horse. But yeah. that's just my issue is it's just like it's the most important positional defense. I feel probably the same. I feel just as bad about the corners as I do the defensive tackles, but the importance, the position's more important in my opinion. And I think the Brent Urbans and Osas and those type of guys are better than your Jordan Lewis's, Anthony Browns, and Sean Wrights. But there's my take on it. So I'm giving it an F plus. <laughs> you know, you there's no F plus. It's just F. Um, F plus. <laughs> there's no, there's no such thing. Um, you make a, a, you make a very good argument. You, you really do. Thank you, Doug. That was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really honestly hard to d- disagree with anything you said i mean best case like you said trevon Diggs, what top 25 corner um other than that i completely agree i mean i don't see how you can have a lot of confidence in this unit we are just talking about we wanted to see the linebackers show us on the field um prove it to us uh, and all of that and i think that's exactly what it is with the secondary times like a million i mean that's just a lot of unknown there and a lot of weaknesses, frankly. So, yeah, I'm right there with y'all. Um, I'll go with Donnie with a D only because of digs and a depth, but um, I, can, I can easily see why it's an F as well. I mean, it's – bottom line, it's a big weakness, and I think we both – we all agree on that. Who do y'all like is depth in the corner room? I like that you have I mean, two two rookies and Maurice Canada. Two rookies that yeah. you spent top but do you, four. Do you like picks on. them this year, or do you think that like eventually they could be good? Because I mean, like I mean, obviously Joseph Joseph is out for probably yeah. a month. Yeah, I'd say eventually, but because I don't. I mean, I mean, realistically, like they haven't right shown now. me enough. And right, like they haven't shown me enough. Like, obviously, the OTAs happen, and we were like, oh, shit, we're going to be wrong about Nation right? He's going to be good. And then, the you know, the season kind of started, and we saw, okay, maybe we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. So, like, I don't even feel like – You I don't mean know, we like, overreacted to camp videos? I know. No. 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 <laughs> not us. That's what – I'm, I'm trying to stop doing have. that. And then I get called a pessimist on Twitter because I'm just like, guys, Trayvon Diggs is not a top-ten corner. And then I'm, I get yelled at by everybody, so – 
I stopped doing that after the Xavier Woods hype train just fell flat <laughs> yeah, on it. There we go. That that there ruined it for me. I mean, yeah. we went from saying that he was the reason why we weren't going to trade for Jamal Adams or go after a top safety or whatever the case was, whatever the narrative was, and it just didn't work out. That 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 ended it for me. Also, be before honest. before I forget about this. Am I crazy or like, did we think that this defense was going to be good coming into last year? Like, didn't we talk about that? Like, how they look good in camp and like the exotic for. I mean, maybe we thought it was good, but I don't think we thought it was going to be anywhere near as bad. I'm not not talking about us. I'm just talking about wasn't that a narrative coming in? Yeah, like people were like, oh, Mike, no, no, I just think that we were excited about new. Um, and didn't really right, sit down right. to realize that they didn't have an offseason to actually implement that defense and that it really was going to go horrifically. I wish we did. I wish there was a you know an alternate universe where we could find out if it was just because of the COVID offseason or if it was truly. Well, I think it's partially because you have stupid players. but Stupid players, stupid coaches. So, no. Sorry, like I'm not trying to be pessimistic there, but like they obviously couldn't get their crap together and get the right eyes. position on the yeah. defense. So, all right, let's uh, let's do safeties, and we'll breeze through like special teams and stuff real quick, and then get uh, win loss predictions, and then we'll get out of here. Safeties, let's do it. I started with the, or I don't, I don't think I started with. The, I'll start with, the, I'll start with the safeties and pass it along. So for the safeties, I will do a C minus. Um, and really, it's only that. It could be worse, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm buying in a little bit. Probably, stupidly, like Cole just said, like I'm buying into the Demonte Kazee and Malik Hooker can be good because they look decent in camp. They had a good preseason, like kind of doing the whole Xavier Woods thing again with new players with Malik Hooker and DeMonte Kazee. But um, if they're healthy and, you know, they Kazee at least looked healthy throughout camp and throughout the preseason. So I, I think he can be a little bit of an upgrade there at the free safety spot. Donovan Wilson, I think, is a, a good player. Um, he's still got liabilities in his game that I think can get exposed by good offenses and good offensive coordinators. Um, so I don't feel great about this group. I do think it has more depth this year than it's ever had with Jaron Curse and Israel Mukwamu, who showed some good things. You know, you got Malik Hooker, who has a lot of experience and was once a you know first round talent. So I, I like the overall depth a little bit here, and I think that the starters have the potential to be better than anything they've put on the field in recent memory. So I'll give them a C minus and that could go either up or down based on how things go with health with Kazee and hooker, or, you know, if they're healthy could go up, if it looks like they're not, and they're still working back from the Achilles, it could go way down. So I'm kind of meeting in the middle, riding the fence a little bit here, but that's what we're doing. I guess I'll go next. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's a, I think it's a C, and honestly, I'm, I'm happy with that from our safeties because I don't think I would have ever thought that about our safeties in the past. Um, I like what we have in Donovan Wilson. As long as Wilson is able to stay healthy, I think that he is a good, um, kind of missile towards the football. Um, he might not stay healthy because he is such a missile. He might get a little bit banged up here and there, but I think he's a playmaking strong safety, somebody who come downhill really hit people um, and somebody who will take chances and make plays on the football, which is something that we have not had in a long time. 
I don't love him from a down to down consistency standpoint and coverage, but he's not a total wash in that respect. He also doesn't need to be great in that respect because they do have Demonte Kazee and Malik Hooker, two guys who we know can cover a little bit and we know can play on the back end in single high situations as free safeties. Um, they both appear to be healthy coming off of those Achilles injuries, which is something that I definitely had questions about, but they both got in during the preseason and played half decently. So I'm actually kind of excited about this safety group. On top of that, you have Israel Mukwamu, who I'm excited about as well. And Jaron Curse is not a bad player either. So for once in our lives, I actually don't mind the safety group for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. And, and that's a first. I agree. So there, Cowboys the fans, I'm ending with a very ringing endorsement of the safety class, giving them a C. <laughs> but remember, guys, C's get degrees. Cole? Yeah, I mean, C, C, yeah, I mean, they're about average. C's definitely right i'm not i'm not comparing the players but donovan wilson does give me some xavier woods vibes just from the fact that a lot of the cowboys fan base does want to give him on put him on a pedestal uh when he's i'm not i'm not saying y'all are just fan base and so because he did show some flashes i still want to see more um obviously the malik hooker signing brought a lot of excitement as well but he can't stay healthy Disease coming off an Achilles injury. Um, for for me, I just I just need to see it more. Uh, I think there is more talent than there has been um, in a while. They have thrown some more bodies, like we were talking about. They didn't do in the defensive tackle room. I think C is about fair. Um, I just I just need to see it. Um, I've been uh, scoring too many times. You know, I got my hopes up with Xavier Woods. Um, there's been players in the past with we've just brought some hope as well um i think there's definitely a lot a lot more talent than we're used to seeing um at the position which is nice um in its own right um but yeah i think they're about average not bad nothing special um yeah i mean i, I agree with y'all y'all pretty much covered that i just need to see it um it's not really high in the secondary in general but there's a lot of bodies that can make it um certainly a much more improved from last year. Do you think Donovan Wilson will take another step and be a quality defender back there? If Malik Hooker can stay healthy, then he's a potential ball hawk back there. So there's a reason for excitement. But again, I just need to see it on the field. All right. Just give a grade. We don't got to talk about it, but special teams as a whole with your punter, kicker, and long snapper, Dalton. Don't care. Special All right. teams. Special teams don't matter. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was gonna say, we're going for fourth Keith, down every bring, single day. Let's every bring Keith drive. O'Quinn back for a little bit and see how long oh, that. Yes, exactly. No, um, I, I don't, I don't mind it. Uh, I'll tell you what, Brian Anger looked pretty darn good. He did. That's the only um, reason I really I, wanted I, to do this is because yeah, I feel like he's bit, probably the best punter we've had in a while. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Greg mm. Zerline staying healthy. Um, yeah. But yeah, outside of yeah. outside of that, I, I think it's a pretty decent group. I know nothing about the long snapper, nor yeah. would I know anything about a long snapper. Um, so yeah, that's it. I give it. I give it a B. Can we give it a group B? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Real quick before we do predictions, I want to do the same thing we just did. We'll do the group grades on the head coach, the offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Thoughts on Mike McCarthy going into the the season? What are we thinking? I'm he's still kind of mad. I'm kind of, I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm like, yeah, he's just mad. He's a C. C. Yeah. Yep. Right. I don't think he does a whole lot. 
<laughs> don't think he does a whole lot right or wrong. Just kind of there. No. All right, tell Especially him more. since he's oh. not calling plays either. You know, it's like his one strong suit, I guess you could say. So it's something you can hang your hat on. But my bad, didn't mean to interrupt. No, you scared me. You were super loud. <laughs> All right. Oh, my bad. All right, Kellen Moore. I'll give him a B plus. I really like Kellen. I think we all really like Kellen Moore. Um, so some things he needs to work on. B plus is fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a B. Yeah. Well, sounds like you hate B+ Kellen Moore. B plus for potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, I hate Kellen Moore. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, right. I definitely, I definitely don't hate Kellen Moore. Um, I think but, a B, B plus is fair. Yeah, somewhere in the B so range. Yeah, right. um, he, he definitely he definitely does have things that he needs to work on, but the the yeah. overall of it, the the early first down runs or the early first down passes are are good. I, I just think that this run game could use a little bit more uh, creativity overall. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. All right, Dan Quinn. Uh, before we give predictions, mm. this is tough because you're grading him. Really, yeah. you're grading you're grading him. After literally the worst defense we've ever seen in our lives last year, and this is really where my tweet stemmed from today. But it's that, really not like I mean, you mean his his defense in Atlanta? No, I mean his defense coming, in Atlanta was worse. That's what I'm saying. Like he's coming yeah. in with a, he's coming in from like the uh, terrible situation. So like anything he brings is gonna feel like like you said earlier, like he's new, so it's gonna feel better than what we had. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I don't know that that equates to. Better. I mean, I think <laughs> I think the scheme is better for right. this group overall, and I love that he has mm-hmm. incorporated odd fronts, um, being able to get these linebackers or this linebacker in Micah Parsons that can really rush the passer, um, getting him out there and actually using him in that correct way, I think is huge. Um, and, and so for me, uh, I'm gonna give Quinn a B right now. I'm gonna give him the highest. The uh, or a tied for the highest grade. The, I'm actually happy with the coaching staff for once from the coordinator and head coach standpoint. So that's definitely nice and a, a change of pace. All I think right. that's why I'm so. I think that's why I'm so happy with the team in general is because I, I for once I like the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that. All right, let's go ahead and get, do our uh, our win loss predictions. Then we'll get out of here. We've been on pretty long today. Um, I'm just gonna go week by week. Add them up, give you mine, and then I'll let you – because I know you guys probably need to pull it up, so I'll go ahead and do mine first. I think they're going to lose the first two at Tampa Bay and Los Angeles, uh, two games on the road. I think Tampa Bay's receivers and quarterback are going to pick apart this defense, and I think Los Angeles quarterback and receivers they have can pick apart. I think Austin Eckler is a – not a good matchup for what we're used to seeing from these linebackers. So I'm hoping maybe Michael Parsons could come in and maybe show some some difference-making ability there. So I have them going 0-2 to start the season, but then they go on a little bit of a winning streak. I have them winning at Philadelphia, at Carolina, at New York. Uh, or sorry, not at. Versus Philadelphia, versus Carolina, versus New York, at New England. Then they hit their bye week. I have them beating Minnesota on the road. I have them beating Denver at home, Atlanta at home, losing to Kansas City on the road, beating the Raiders uh, at home. We're going game uh, by game for this. That's very, very nice. I have I have all that. Keep going. What do you mean? Keep keep going. Keep going. Yeah. 
Um, I have them losing to New Orleans in New Orleans. I have them beating Washington on the road. I have them beating the Giants on the road. I have them losing to Washington at home. I have them losing to Arizona um, at home. And then I have them beating Philadelphia on the road. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I have them going twelve and five. Actually, yep. So do I. I have them, and and I'll just I'll go over through my games real quick here. Um, Cowboys, Bucks. Cowboys are going to win that one. It doesn't make sense that they win it, and that's why they do it. They lose to the Chargers the very next week. A little bit of a letdown game. Then they reel off wins against the Eagles, Panthers, and Giants. Oh, and also the Patriots. So they're going into the bye five and one overall, which is nice. Um, they beat the Vikings off of the bye week, and then the Broncos beat them in week nine. That's kind of that game that they probably should win, but they don't win. Broncos have a good defense and honestly a good a bunch of talent on offense. They just don't have a bunch of high-end talent at quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater can carry you, not carry you, but but drive you to a win. Um, the Cowboys are going to beat the Falcons, and the Chiefs are going to beat the Cowboys. The Raiders are going to lose to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to beat the Saints. That might end up as a loss, depending on how Jameis is playing, though. Saints have a good team. Washington beats the Cowboys in Washington. The Giants beat the Cowboys in New York. And then the Cowboys beat the, the football team in Dallas. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Eagles in Philadelphia because the Eagles are trash. They then beat Washington. Wait, why did they beat? Oh, sorry. Then in the playoffs, after going 12-5, and five, they beat the Washington football team in the divisional round or in the uh, wild card round, and then they lose to the Packers in the divisional round. Wow. The Packers go on to win the Super Bowl. Interesting. It's that weird because I feel like the Cowboys always play better on the road against Washington than they do at home. I just hate that place with a passion. That's all I got. Cole, what you got, bro? I'll do. Yeah, I guess I'm doing this on a fly. I haven't really looked at a game by game. I've kind of thought in my head just like 11 or 12 wins. So we'll see from <laughs> looking at a schedule game by game. I lot. think they'll I mean, lose by 30. I, if it's not good. It, it's, it's tough because Vegas is – saying that this team is going to win nine and a half games and Vegas with Dallas has always kind of overshot that. So you're probably looking at Vegas, actually believing that the Cowboys are an eight and a half to nine win team. And all of us are talking about them being an 11 or 12 win team. And that is where the disconnect comes from. We think that the offense can outweigh the terribleness of the defense. Well, I that's how I feel. Like before I went game by game, looked at every game and went, Let's look at the quarterbacks. They have the, second, they have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Right, too. right. So, like, lot. for me, like, knowing what I know about this team, I would be like, yeah, they're probably a 10-win team. And then you look at the schedule and you're like, holy crap, they play Philadelphia, Carolina, New York, New England, Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, all in a row. And it's like they could legitimately win every single one of those games. So that's they're a lot. on the table, yeah. I could see them dropping a game or two as well. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'll go by game by game. I think they'll lose Thursday. Um, Considering picking out a win if Zach Barton was healthy, um, considering he'll be in in the in action, I don't see them winning that game. Um, I do think they win week two. Um, I think a lot of people. I think that's a trendy upset pick if, if you can call it an upset uh, with the Chargers. I think they go on and win that game though. Um, I think they beat Justin Herbert in LA. I think they win um, week three against the Eagles. I put them at two and one. 
Week four against the Panthers, three and one. Uh, five and one after a Giants win. I think they'll go ahead and lose to the Patriots uh, in Foxborough. Um, I think they're a better team on paper. Um, I think Belichick um, being in the home is more difficult than it seems. So what would that have them? That would be their second loss um, by then Minnesota. Then they'll be Minnesota. They'll be Denver. They'll beat Atlanta. They'll leave. They'll lose the Chiefs. They'll come back and beat the Raiders at home. Um, I also have them losing to New Orleans. Um, I have them losing the next week to Washington as well on the road. Um, I have them beating the Giants, beating Washington, losing the Arizona at home, and then finishing the year out um, with the win against the Eagles. So I guess that would be, be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten wins. Unless I'm yeah. missing something. Ten and six or eleven and five. So yeah, I have them in that same range. Um, I think they should beat New England on oh, the road, but that, I think that's a. I think that could be a tricky game. Uh, just for Belichick. You know, I think they're better team on paper, but you, you know, it could be hard winning that game on the road, and then it's hard to win all those games. Um, run the table and not stretch too. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think they're a ten to twelve win team, if, depending on where each game breaks. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think Dalton's the only one that had him beating Tampa Bay on Thursday. So the homers listening to the podcast are gonna love yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> why they negative would beat, well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense why they would beat that team and lose the the Chargers the next week. But it just seems like that would be a Dallas Cowboys thing to do. Right. I mean, like yeah, Tampa I mean, Bay. T- Tampa Bay started out super slow last year too. So yep. like. While we keep talking about them being the defending champs, like until they literally got into the play, like they they played the Washington or they played the Washington football team in the playoffs and looked not very good, and people are like they're losing next week, you know. Yep, and then they they almost lost to Washington, yeah. So it's just it's the league's crazy. It's crazy, ladies. Brian Broadus says, and that mm-hmm. that it's not totally ridiculous to say that, but um, that's all time we got for today. We went way over, so hopefully we don't get fired. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Cowboy season starts Thursday. Last episode of Hard Knocks starts tonight. Uh, we are ready for it, yeah. baby. So we'll be back next week to recap week one and get you ready for week two. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed uh, just by searching Blogging the Boys, and it comes up on whatever feed you listen on. Make clip, you know, hit hit subscribe. Follow all the uh, different shows uh, on the Blogging the Boys feed. Uh, you got about seven or eight different shows. Listen to all of them. Listen to this, comment, rate, do all that fun stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Talking the Star, and we'll see you guys next week.